Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content communication in the public sector. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of In Transition. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. In Transition is a podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. Now, just to change it up this week, we'll go back to the definition of just exactly what it is that we are talking about. So content communication is a strategic, measurable, and accountable business process that relies on the creation, curation, and distribution of useful, relevant, and consistent content. The purpose is to engage and inform a specific audience in order to achieve a desired citizen and or stakeholder action. So there you go. So today, we look at it, the challenge and the opportunity of when government agencies get creative and go big. And my guest today is Lisa Ronson, who's the Chief Marketing Officer at Tourism Australia and a distinguished marketer at that. She started out back in 1994 and she has had a great career. She's worked at Carlton and United Breweries in the lead up to the 2000 Olympics in Sydney. She's managed visa card campaigns for both the 2000 Olympics and the 2003 Rugby World Cup. She's worked in marketing at Telstra and she was the one who successfully developed and launched the new David Jones American Express card. And she joins me now. Lisa, thanks very much for joining me in transition. Oh, thank you for having me, David, and thank you for the lovely introduction. Now, listen, I, I am very interested that we speak about the the Crocodile Dundee Super Super Bowl ad and really get in behind that because I think that's it's a, it's a great use of imagination and creativity and I remember watching it at the time and laughing and seeing all of the, the buzz leading up to it. But before we get to that, I'm interested to talk to you about your career and the transition that you've made from the private sector to to the public sector. What was it that attracted you to work for Tourism Australia? Well, look, I've, as you said in your introduction, I've, I've been, um, you know, fortunate to work for some, you know, great, um, you know, national brands and international brands. Um, but when you get the phone call to say, you know, as a, a seasoned career marketer, it's my passion. I love marketing. I've, I've always loved every facet of marketing and particularly really making a connection to the consumer to, to change their behaviour in some way, which is obviously where you started with your definition. And when someone phones you and says, hey, look, would you be interested in coming and marketing your country that you're also very, very proud of? It's, it's one that, um, you know, I, I had to have a look at and, you know, in meeting the team and getting to know them a little better. It's a terrific team we've got here in it at Tourism Australia. So the, the opportunity of the brand and the people was one that I, I really couldn't, uh, you know, walk away from and one that I'm, I'm really pleased that I did make that transition from commercial into, into government. So when you got the phone call and you thought about it and you went to the blank sheet of paper to start putting down pluses and minuses, what were some of the things that were stopping you taking the job? Look, you know, when it came down to it, uh, there really wasn't anything that was material enough for me to not to, you know, explore it or want to take on take on the role because I, I felt that 
you know, great brand in a terrific position. But like anything, I, I felt that, you know, with my background, I could add something maybe a little different or take it in a slightly different direction. So for me, there there wasn't any major barrier, apart from the fact that I had a terrific job, you know, immediately before this at Westpac. Again, I had a terrific team, worked with some amazing people like, you know, Gail Kelly, Brian Hartzer, John Harries. Um, so I, I was really lucky to be in a position where, um, you know, I had a great job at Westpac, but it was it was just, as I said, a little bit too much to pass up to, to go to marketing your brand, your your national brand internationally. That's what really excited me about the role. And so is, are there any things that have surprised you about working for government? And I suppose Tourism Australia is, you know, you know, really a well, – it is part of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, the, that, that major portfolio, but it, it does have a degree of, of independence. But have you, have you noticed any restrictions to your creativity and to your planning and other things that come from being a part of government? Look, you know, it's a question I get asked a lot and I, I hate to be, you know, completely boring about it, but I haven't really. You know, I haven't any more than going from, you know, brewing into financial services, into retail, to banking. You know, each organisation does have its own nuance, but, you know, I've been very fortunate, as I said, that, you know, there's some great people here at TA, great culture. I've got a, an amazing leader in John O'Sullivan. So he's really backed me into, from a creative point of view, being able to have that license and really think about um, the business and who our target consumer is and how we're really going to connect with that target consumer. And that's ultimately what led to, you know, the Super Bowl Dundee campaign. So I haven't really noticed anything too much differently. There's a lot of stakeholder engagement in any organisation in which you work, you know, a lot of engagement and FaceTime with the board, um, which I also have here. So in, in that regard, it hasn't been, you know, too different or I haven't got into it and thought, oh my God, this is government and I've got too many roadblocks and I can't do it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really pleasant transition actually. Um, so yeah, I haven't really noticed that anything substantial. Was it perhaps more like working for the bank given the regulations that are, that, that, um, govern what you can and can't do as a bank? Yeah, to a certain degree. So when you look at things like, um, when we're going out to select a new, um, agency, uh, you know, to procure services from, there's a very strict uh, criteria that you have to go through, which probably wasn't as strict in other areas, you know, even yeah. in banking, it probably wasn't as regimented, if you like. But um, then obviously, with the, the, the lens of a whole lot of different um, regulators looking over everything you do in marketing at the bank, that was probably a little bit uh, in some areas, it could be a bit more restricted. So on balance, a little bit more regulation in different areas, but mm -hmm. yes, it would be similar, most similar to, to the bank and also um, sort of financial services with Visa, I suppose, and to a lesser degree Telstra mm -hmm. being a major telco, obviously, and, you know, having quite a few watchdogs there. Okay. So listen, before we do get into the specifics of, of Dundee and where the idea came from and how it was developed, well, could you just give us a bit of an insight as to what the team at uh, Tourism Australia looks like in, in the marketing communication function? Sure. So um, I'm obviously the chief marketing officer and I've got um, a number of direct reports, one in the area of global um, media and PR. So that function really um, has oversight into 
all of the media that we buy on a global basis, what media deals and partnerships we strike up with the likes of, say, Google, Facebook or, say, Weibo in in, in China, working with the local marketing teams. Um, They also look after our international media hosting program, which is a really critical part of what we do because Australia is quite an abstract destination for international travellers. It can be hard to kind of get your head around. So, you know, the media hosting and having other people share the stories of Australia is really, really important as well as our PR function. Um, And then I've got sort of creative and campaigns. So that function really looks at, you know, what, what, what are our creative platforms? How are we going to speak to the consumer? What content do we develop around some of those campaign pillars? Um, and then also working very closely with our local markets so we can execute um, on those pillars. Then I've got an area of market research and insights, which feeds, you know, the other areas of of marketing to make sure that we've got the valuable insights. Again, we know who our target audience is. We know what's going to motivate them to to get on a plane and come to Australia and spend money in our local economy. Um, Then we've got an area called signature experiences, and that's all of our collectives like Luxury Lodges, Great Fishing of Australia, Great Walks of Australia. Um, And they're really, really important in positioning us as um, a premium destination which we are. We're not a mass market destination and we'll never be a mass market destination. So we have to make sure that we're projecting the right experiences to our international um, travellers to get them to want to come to Australia. And the other area that I oversee is digital. So that's australia.com, australia.cn, all of our platforms, um, any of the innovation and development pipeline we have. And I also oversee social media, which sits within um, media and PR as well, which is the first area that I I spoke to. So Mm. that's, you know, at a high level, there's a whole lot of stuff that the team do on a day-to-day basis that I've just completely glossed over, which I'll probably get to trouble <laughs> for later. But um, at a high level, that's that's really how we're structured as a marketing team. And, and how many people would be in those different areas or, or rolled up? How many people would you have in the team? In the Sydney marketing team here, we've got between 40 and 45, depending on whether we're in major project mode or or not. And then internationally, we have marketing managers in each of our areas. Um, so that's probably another 15 to 20 people. So all up, you know, it's 60, about 60 to 65 people. And how are things going? They're going great. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've come in and I've, I've made, you know, some change and I've really had a look at, at the business and how we do market. And um, as I said before, great support from, you know, my leader and my colleagues to be able to do that. And, you know, I think culturally we've got the business in a terrific spot. Um, you know, we're working really collaboratively and really trying to strive to, you know, to get the best work in front of the consumer so that we can, you know, make a step change of, of difference because it, it is a really competitive market. A lot of national tourism organisations have really woken up in the last few years when it comes to, to marketing and investing more money into to marketing their destinations. So we have to constantly be on our front foot and innovating in the way that we do reach our customers. And we, and we have been doing that a lot in the, the last few years. You know, we're the most followed um, national tourism organisation from a social point of view. Our reaches, it's just extraordinary. So to a certain degree, a lot of other destinations are playing catch up, but we can never be complacent. And we're always looking to, to you know, to drive the business forward. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been great. And is the metric that matters just the numbers of people who visit Australia or is it length of time that they stay in Australia or, or what, what are the metrics that you're judged by? The ultimate metric is spend. 
So that's obviously, yes. So, you know, it's how much international tourists are spending in the local Australian economy, which obviously has impacts on, on, on jobs. And, you know, we are one of the biggest sectors of the Australian economy now. So ultimately, that's it. But obviously, we do look at visitor numbers, because often spend is a function of that. Um, And then sort of further up the funnel, we look at brand health measures, because Often when we do marketing activity, it will take a full one, two to three years to fully wash through and to get that spend number. So we have to look at other metrics up the funnel, um, like how aspirational are we as a destination, how many people are considering or intending to visit the country. So they're our early indicators, but then ultimately we look at um, the amount of money international tourists are spending in the in the Australian economy. And the notion you mentioned um, earlier in one of your answers around Australia being a premium destination is why why is that? Is that because it's a long way away from from everywhere, and is it because it's expensive when you do get here? Look, it's it's not necessarily that. So um, it's in part that. So what we focus on now is, and one of the first things I did when I came here is I had a look at, you know, who is our, our target consumer? And what we define that target consumer as globally is what we call a high value traveller. So we want to make sure that we're getting um, those tourists into the country, uh, the people that they will travel long haul. So we're not targeting people that don't have a passport and will never get on a plane to come to a destination like Australia. They value holidays and therefore when they do travel, they tend to spend more. So they're a high yielding consumer um, because all consumers aren't created equal when it comes to what they spend when they get here. They like what Australia has to offer, so they like our key pillars around aquatic and coastal, nature and wildlife, food and wine, and and particularly our people, which came through in the the last campaign. and they've got a brand affinity with, with Australia. So they know something about us and they've got, you know, an intention or a desire to come here. So they're the criteria which makes up our, our high-value traveller um, and they are who we, we unashamedly target internationally. Okay. So with all that as, as background, could you take us through the story of how you got to the Crocodile Dundee trailer Super Bowl ad um, solution uh, or campaign. And what was that original discussion around in terms of the problem that you were looking to solve? Sure. So ultimately, the problem we were trying to solve is to really make an impact into the US market, which followed on from a piece of work we did around A, the high value traveller, which I just talked about, and B, our market prioritisation. So whilst we operate in between 15 and 17 markets globally, the three big powerhouses, if you like, that contribute the most to the Australian economy are the US, the UK and China. And we'd been investing quite considerably into China over the last three to five years. So the next one we really wanted to make an impact in was was the US market. And when we had a look at um, the US market and the high value traveller particularly, we found that out of all the different platforms we could look at to reach that consumer and engage them, that the Super Bowl kept coming up because half of our target audience in the US market, and it's a big market, tune into and lean into the Super Bowl. 
So in, in that regard, we thought, well, that's going to be the platform that we can look to to really make a marked difference in the market, like what Paul Hogan did with the Come See, Come See Australia ads back in the late 80s and then followed by Dundee. So it was really that platform of the Super Bowl that, that we first took to our board early last year and said, look, we want to make an impact. We want to really stick to our market prioritisation framework and our high-value traveller framework, and we think that we could potentially come up with a good idea to make a, a big impact impact and then have a, a two-year focus into the US market because, you know, it was never going to be a one-hit wonder. It was always going to be the start of a broader campaign into into the US market. Um, so that that's where the idea of the Super Bowl came. And so following on from that, we had some principles around the fact that it is a big marketing platform. It's one of the the, the few in the world that consumers actually share the content of the ads more than they share the content of the, the sporting game that's going on at the time. Um, so it's very unique in that regard. So you can't turn up to Super Bowl, if you like, with just any creative concept. So what we did was um, we pulled together, you know, a brief with the two objectives that we, that we had all the way through, and that was to make Australia the number one um, desired and intended destination to visit by the US consumer, and secondly, to increase the market value from $3.7 billion where it sits today to $6 billion in 2020, which is you know an incremental $820 million based on our, our run rate. So they're not small numbers. So we from that, we developed the brief and we took it to three agencies. We did a closed tender in the US market, and we'd always said if we can't crack the right creative idea that's really going to engage with that market, then, you know, it's, we've, you know, we've had the idea, but we're not going to just put anything into, into the Super Bowl because obviously we're brand Australia and we didn't want to, to be disappointing. So one of the agencies, Droga5, came back with making the notion of a, a, a Dundee film and making a reboot, but then it being, um, you know, a, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek and it's not really a, a movie, it's actually a tourism ad. And we loved the idea. We felt it had a lot of legs and it could really kickstart that two-year focus into the US market really well for us. And so we brought the idea again back to our, our board um, and they too loved it. And then we, we started to take it through a few key stakeholders that we brought into the tent under non-disclosure agreements because obviously the longer we could keep um, the, the secret, if you like, the the more the, the stronger the idea became. And just overwhelmingly, the response we got was so positive from quite a few different stakeholders, actually. So we knew we were on to, you know, something, you know, pretty special, we thought. Mm. Um, who, were those so sta- we went- who, who were those stakeholders and, and at, what were you showing them at that point in time? At that point in time, so what we had was some some scripts that the agency had presented back to us for the, the teasers. So there were the three teasers and then the actual Super Bowl spot. Um, and it evolved from there. So from that point, you know, evolved the cameo spot and a few of the others. So we continued to, to craft it and to refine it and to make the idea better, which I think was all part of, you know, taking it up to the next level. And, but the stakeholders we took through were a couple of our state partners. Um, we also took our minister through it at a, a very early stage. And we also took some other partners, um, at, you know, a couple of our airline partners through it so that we had, you know, other government 
government departments, but also other commercial partners. And um, yeah, it was, as I said, it was overwhelmingly positive, but it was good to get that feedback and get some, you know, different perspectives from, from those different partners. And then from there, we did, you know, full roadshows with all of the states and shared, you know, started to bring them into the tent slowly, you know, to, so we could keep the idea as close as what we possibly as what we possibly could. Mm. Now, look, I, I would encourage anyone listening to maybe hit the pause button at this stage. If you haven't seen them, you know, jump onto YouTube, have a look at the teasers and then have a look at the final ad, the Super Bowl ad, because it's well worth having a look and it'll probably mean a lot more um, as Lisa just explains and goes through it if you've in fact watched it. So maybe just come back in a minute and then we'll resume the conversation as we will right now. Um, so, okay, so at that point in time, we've got everyone on, on board. What happened then? Well, we the other person that we engaged very early was um, our global campaign ambassador, which is Chris Hemsworth. Um, he also absolutely loved the idea and, you know, he started straight away to, again, as I, I said, develop the idea, make the idea better, you know, bring in a different, you know, his sort of sense of humour into that. And, and then from there, we went and engaged with all of the other celebrity talent that we, we ended up working with. And it was on the basis of the strength of the idea that, that we got the, the, the calibre and the quantity of talent that we ended up getting, um, you know, you know, into the fold to, to work through it with us. And then it went through the, the process of, of trying to schedule everybody's diaries into different dates because we couldn't, you know, we had a budget and we couldn't shoot in every different location where our celebrities were. So we had to try and line them up to, to fit in with a, a few shoot days. And then the main shoot days were in November of last year where we where we shot with our main talent with Chris and, and, um, and with Danny. So the, the celebrity and the, you know, there's a lot of proud. We're very fortunate. There's a lot of proud Australians that want to tell the story of Australia, and that combined with, uh, you know, a terrific creative idea, meant that we did get the level of celebrity engagement that we did, which was fantastic. Now you had the teasers out and running. When did the first one get moving ahead of the game? So the Super Bowl was on the fourth of February. Uh, 4th of February this year, and so the first teaser dropped um, just two weeks before that. And then we proceeded to drop them in two- to three-day intervals, and then we kept the cameo for the final one before the Super Bowl ad or Super Bowl Sunday on the on the 4th of Feb. And so, so take that, the... that was very... Go on, sorry? Sorry. Go on. That, was, that was very planned to make sure that we could, you know, drop it in, get the interest, um, the one <clears throat> that just had Danny, and then it was, are they, aren't they? And then that started that whole speculation. Mm. And then when they, we dropped the second one with Chris and Danny and it was like, oh, hang on, that's when the, the, the kind of word on the street was, is it Tourism Australia, is it not? But we still held all the way up to the game. You know, there was probably roughly 50-50 people thinking it is an ad for Tourism Australia. No, it's um, it's actually going to be a movie. So, you know, that, that kind of banter and that dialogue, we, we maintained right up until the Super Bowl, which was great. So that was what we intended um, to happen, which was terrific. Yeah. Now, it's always nice to to have these ideas and, and have the outcome. But did it play out exactly as you thought it would or was it way above the expectation of you thought that it was going to perform? Look, it was – we were always um, – we were pleasantly surprised by the amount of banter and the amount of earned advertising value that we got. So whilst we're expecting it to be big, the one thing you never know with Super Bowl is the calibre of the other 
of all the mm. other content that sits around yeah. it. So you could be in a year where, you know, there's 20 different amazing, you know, campaigns. Um, and we did have a year where there were quite a few really great ones. So in that regard, we were probably pleasantly surprised with how well we did compared to the competition, if you want to call it that, for, you know, Super Bowl um, engagement and, and sort of eyeballs. And so, I mean, as we sit now, we've had almost 15,000 news stories. We had 102 million views of the teasers and the Super Bowl ad, which the, our next closest rival was Doritos with Morgan Freeman. And that got to about 65 million, I think, at last count. Um, we had nearly a quarter of a million social media mentions, um, 25,000 retweets on on. Twitter, we've importantly generated about 237,000 leads to our partners. We worked with, um, as well as an airline partner, we worked with about 20, worked with about 20 key distribution partners. Um, so we ranked first, second, seventh, and ninth most viewed videos in the lead up to Super Bowl. So um, we, were, we were pretty pleased by that, and we were constantly in the top, you know, one to five of the ads rated by, you know, different consumers in Super Bowl. And whilst we had a lot of hype and buzz here in Australia, 80% of all of the um, attention and engagement was in the US market, was, which was where we intended it to be. There was a real buzz there at the time. So I think we're very happy with how it's played out. Obviously, whenever we launch something and, you you know, when I launched my first campaign here, you know, two and a half years ago, you become acutely aware that you've got 26 million different points of view on, on, on what you do, which is a great thing because Australians are so proud of how we project ourselves overseas. And I think, you know, 99% of the feedback we got here yeah. was really positive and there was a lot of pride in it. So yeah. I think when you can get to that point, yes, you've got to be pleased with how it played out. Did we think it was going to go exactly like that? Not necessarily. I mean, you always scenario plan and you, you kind of plan for the worst and things like that. So, yeah, we're, we've been very pleased. And the industry, our, our tourism industry has been overwhelmingly supportive, which has been great. So you've come out of the gates at a million miles an hour. So what does, what does that next two years look like? What are some of the ideas that are going to, um, you know, sustain that, that awareness and attention that, that you're able to, to capture at the Super Bowl? Well, we moved very quickly. So Super Bowl Sunday, we we, we had the um, the the add-on, and then we moved straight away into our performance marketing. So a lot of um, um, itineraries, which are really really important. So we shared a lot of those. A lot of offers. We had an offer marketplace on Australia.com, so that those 20 key distribution partners that I mentioned could put forward different offers and itineraries. Um, we've worked with Qantas really closely, and they had um, airline um, campaigns in market immediately after the ad aired. So we were ready to go with the whole distribution network on the evening, so that we unashamedly went into sell mode as soon as the as soon as the campaign aired. And then from that, we've extended the campaign to a content series, which we call Why Australia. And that's um, Danny McBride, who was or Danny Dundee McBride, doing a sort of like a talk show on location, asking different questions about Australia. So it's kind of infotainment, if you like. So it's informative, but it does it in a, a nice sort of funny, engaging way. And he did um, two of those interviews with Chris Hemsworth, and which was around sports and our great sporting events and also our amazing... Um, aquatic and coastal, our beaches. Um, and then he also did 
two with Jessica Malboy around arts and culture and the actual flight and one with Curtis Stone on food and wine, talking about how great our food and wine and how diverse our food and wine is, which is something that, you know, Americans don't largely get on the whole. And then also with Matt Wright, our Outback Wrangler on um, nature and wildlife and, you know, again, the amazing nature and wildlife we've got here. So those are what's continuing to run now um, and we're still continuing to work with, with Qantas. And then we've got another burst of the campaign sort of later in this calendar year because we did a two-year deal with NBC, who was the host broadcaster of Super Bowl this year. So we're just looking at what the plans are, are beyond that. So it's got, at this stage, we're planning on a, a two-year life and a two-year focus into that market. So we're, we're still in market with it at the moment. Mm. And you've got very clear spend uh, targets there. At this stage, with your forecasting, with your with your uh, researchers and, and analysts who are working there, w- are they modelling it to say, yeah, look, I think we're we're about there or we're ahead of run rate or we're maybe a bit behind? Because that conversion factor when you, you know, I know everyone who from Australia who travels to the US, you know, as soon as you land and open your mouth, you know, oh, wow, you're from Australia. Yeah, it's on my bucket list. I want to go to Australia. And, yeah. you know, it's yeah. th- 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 there's that latent sort of they want to come here but then getting them on the plane when they have such a limited amount of time and they do think it's on the other side of the world and they do think it's, you know, such a long, long way away. Like it's nothing for us to go there, but it seems the other way. It's, it is a big, big thing to overcome. Yeah, it definitely is. And so that's why as part of this campaign, as I mentioned, the the ultimate spend target is pegged to our 2020 goal. But then, you know, through this phase of the the very immediate results were what we got from social because obviously they happened straight away. And I I shared some of those numbers with you um, previously. So we're probably a little bit ahead of where we thought we'd be from a social point of view. Then the next thing we we look at is working with our key, key, key distribution partners to look at what their sales results have been and we know that um, they've had, you know, some of the KDPs have had, you know, twice the number of traffic to their site. You know, the phones are ringing, they're getting the inquiries through their website at a rate that they haven't seen before, which is really heartening. Yes, it takes some time for that ultimate booking to be made, but some really good early interest. We know from working with our partner at Qantas, um, whilst a lot of that information is commercially in confidence, it's looking really good from a normal, you know, run rate type point of view, Um, you know, and what's pleasing is we're finding across all of those different partners that we are reaching that high yielding traveller. Is that that profile changing or is that attitude changing as the economy changes, as work practice changes, as we sort of move away from that traditional sort of American mindset where they, you know, spend all their time at work, is that slowly melting and are they getting better at travelling? They are. So one of the Mm. other factors that we considered very early on is the fact that um, American long-haul travel is increasing uh, quite dramatically year on year. So they are getting more um, adventurous and they are um, getting out and you know spending a bit more time on on travel than that what they had previously. 
you know, there's various reasons for that, but we wanted to make sure that we were capturing our fair share of, of Americans travelling overseas because traditionally when you look at our competitors, whilst we're getting about 770,000 American tourists here every year, when you combine Europe, you know, they're getting in the vicinity of sort of six to seven million. Yeah. Um, but when we look at then once the American traveller has been to Australia versus those other destinations, our advocacy is number one. Yeah. So they love Australia far more than they do, um, you know, the France and Italy's of the world, you know, not putting those destinations down at all. But we know that we're pleasing that American tourist more than those other destinations as well. So yeah. we wanted to make sure we were getting more than our fair share do of we, that growth. Do we work with the Kiwis to get people down on this part of the world or do we leave them to do their own thing? Look, we pretty much do our own things. However, there is, I have very, you know, a good relationship with my counterpart at um, Tourism New Zealand, as does my CEO, John O'Sullivan, with his counterpart at Tourism New Zealand. Look, we, we, we've talked about doing, um, you know, do we do we look to do uh, campaigns together? We haven't done anything at, at, at the moment. You know, they, they are, at the end of the day, a competitor for us. But look, you know, you can, you can never say never. And, you know, we do have a, a good positive relationship because uh, I think when this part of the world is going well, we yeah. both go well at yeah. the end of the day. So that's just the reality of the situation. So just a couple of final questions. What have you learnt from this most recent activity that you've been involved in? You're a very experienced marketer, you've been around, but things are changing so dramatically. You know, you do need to learn, you do need to change. So what what have you found or what do you now know at the end of this campaign that perhaps you didn't or at the beginning? Look, I think what it has done for me is just reinforced, um, you know, a lot of the things that we've we've known for a long time, but we might have, you know, moved away from as an industry because of the digital disruption and, and that sort of thing. And I think it's just reinforcing that when you've got a great idea that consumers love and really connect with all channels, whether they're traditional, they're digital, it doesn't matter. It lifts it and it helps with the cut through and the ultimate engagement with the consumer. And I think, you know, now more than ever, consumers are wanting positive messages from brands that they can get some sort of emotional engagement from. And I think, you know, whilst we've always known that, I think sometimes as, as a marketing community, we've kind of overlooked that and gone too much into, well, we need to be getting, you know, this yeah. many apps, this many, you know, digital, whatever it might be, there's not the only really silver bullet is having a great creative concept and really making sure that you've got everything lined up underneath it and making sure that you've got your execution plans down pat and you've thought through the, the detail of what you're doing. So whilst that doesn't sound like rocket science, it is very much what this, I think what this campaign has reinforced. And also sometimes you need to do fewer, bigger, better things to really cut through the, the clutter. Because we hear on a day-to-day -day basis, consumers get bombarded with whatever it might be, a million, two million different messages, messages every day. And we know that people, consumers don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, I want to see advertising from X brand. So we have to make sure it's great and we need to continue to push ourselves as an industry to make sure that we're, we're doing really great innovative work. Fantastic. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for spending uh, 
part of your day today. I know you are very busy and I'm sure, you know, following all of this up and making it a, a great success and, you know, continuing its its run over the next couple of years is is going to keep you and the team busy. And I'm sure this is only but one very small part of all of the other activity, as you say. There's, I'm sure, um, activity into the UK, activity into the, you know, China, uh, working you know, to attract those high-value uh, tourists to Australia. So good luck with that. Thank you very much again for uh, spending some time with us. And, yeah, good luck and long may it continue in terms of attracting visitors to our great country. Thanks, David. And I really appreciate the time to talk to you today. Thank you for giving me so much time. So I really appreciate it. No problem. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. What a fascinating conversation with, well, clearly one of Australia's smartest marketing Minds, who has really applied that great experience and skill that she's acquired over quite a number of years, but then to be able to bring it all together into this very smart and clever idea of government telling a great story. So there's no limits. And I think that final piece of advice around really, it's about people, it's about emotion and don't hold back. You know, you have to encourage the emotion to generate the action. And I think that's really what we get out of this. We get the local pride that we all felt when I saw the, I just remember laughing and thinking, how good's that? That's really going to cut through. And then to see that obviously it created that same sort of reaction from people because it was funny, because it was engaging, because it was so very Australian. So what a great, clever, brilliant piece of marketing. So congratulations to everyone at Tourism Australia and to you, the audience. Thanks very much for coming back once again and we'll be back at the same time next week with another great guest but for the moment it's bye for now you've been listening to in transition the program dedicated to the practice of content communication in the public sector for more visit us at contentgroup.com.au